Welcome to Follow the Medical Record, where healthcare experts give insights into the increasing importance of following a patient's medical record through the health ecosystem with compliance, privacy, security, and efficiency front and center. This podcast is brought to you by MRO and hosted by Don Hardwick, Senior Vice President of Client Relations at MRO. Don has been in the health information management industry for over 40 years and has extensive knowledge of how medical records make their way through the healthcare ecosystem. At MRO, Don is responsible for strategic client engagement programs and overall client satisfaction. To hear from all of MRO's industry experts, be sure to visit MROcorp.com for additional content and to sign up for our monthly e-newsletter. Over to you, Don. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another session of Follow the Medical Record. I'm your host, Don Hardwick. Thanks for listening. As always, you can learn more about MRO on our website at MROCORP.com. I have a special guest today that I'm excited to uh, hear a little bit about his career path and some of the things that he's doing at MRO, and that's Sean Powlick, who's MRO's Chief Human Resource Officer. So welcome to the show, Sean. Thanks, Don. I I appreciate it and uh, look forward to uh, talking with you today about the company and my background and hopefully uh, add some insight into my part of the business. Uh, so I've been with MRO since early 2015. Uh, we were a smaller company at that point. I was vice president of HR, um, and the company has grown significantly uh, in the time that, I, that I've been here. And um, I've been kind of blessed to be part of that, that ride. And uh, my background has mostly been in healthcare. Uh, I had a brief stint outside of the healthcare industry in fintech for a couple of years in, in the HR side of things, um, but I've spent most of my career uh, with uh, w- within the healthcare industry. Uh, at MRO, um, I've held the title of VP of HR and uh, now sit in the you know chief HR officer role and have been in this position for uh, about four years now. So, Sean, you you talk about the growth. When you first joined MRO, how how many employees uh, were on board uh, when you came on? So, when I came aboard, we had probably about 350 employees, roughly, um, and we were a national company at that point. Uh, as we started to you know acquire larger um, larger clients across the country and some larger named. Uh, health systems, enterprise-level health systems, and our employees were really uh, uh, situated in two locations, uh, inside working uh, at hospital locations, some clinic locations, but hospital locations predominantly. Um, And then we also had our headquarters in Pennsylvania, in in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, where we had our kind of uh, support, you know, marketing, HR, finance, and then also some operations uh, activity uh, that still supports the company today, but we had that situated situated in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, um, and you know our remote services division at the time was was starting to grow. It's known as our remote solutions division now. Um, that that department was probably about 35 or 40 people compared to you know that that number times X today. Um, but it all sort of together made up about 350 heads across the co- uh, country. We weren't we weren't yet global. Um, just stateside at that point. Well, how many employees today? So today, globally, 
Uh, we have just over 3,000 employees. Uh, it's about 3,050 employees globally. Um, and just to be more specific, we have most of, most of our headcounts still in the U.S. and roughly 520 uh, employees over in southern India, in Pune, India. Um, so uh, we have an office location there, and uh, those employees joined us via an acquisition that we did back in 2021, uh, and they've been part of our uh, company since since mid 2021. Well, I'm not great with the math, but if you've been with the company for eight years and had that kind of growth and, you know, melding, uh, even though it was an acquisition, you know, with a fairly large number of employees, you've had the responsibility of melding those employees into um, our overall company here. And um, that that growth and that uh, responsibility is pretty heavy. You're looking at, I'm not great with the math, but eight years into 2,700 employees is quite a, it's quite a big job, Sean. How, how have you managed that? Yeah, I think, I think the math is pretty close there, Don. So, so uh, managing headcount and headcount growth at that clip is, 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 is difficult. Um, but it's not, it, this isn't just about, you know, sort of my, impact personally on 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 managing that headcount you know i think one of the things that i was tasked to do here when i got when i got to mro was to build a build a a team build build a uh enterprise level uh hr training and education department that could could scale with the with the business so uh, i think one of the first things i tried to do is go out and find um some some key leaders um obviously recruitment um sort of the core hr core hr side of things as well um, fold in our training and education leadership, and uh, really the, the key to managing that many that many folks across the globe, and that that also kind of includes the the HR and training and development um, headcount and leadership in, in India. Now nowadays we didn't have that back in back in 2015, but to get those right folks um, on the team and have them go build teams under them has been really a key to our success. Um, we've we've hired well, uh, at least in my department here, and um, that has helped support the business. Um, and, 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 you know, in some in some years, we've had some real fast and furious growth with uh, multiple large enterprise level clients coming on board with, uh, you know, 50 plus headcount uh, at a time. And and it's really, um, it's kind of hats off to the folks that, that have come aboard and decided to work for MRO and work for me. Uh, and they've they've really done a lion's share of the work, building out great teams, uh, good solid workflows, and um, really scalability that that helps us thrive today. Well, I want to I want to talk a little bit more in a minute about um, you know those teams that you're you've re- referenced here and how you how your team your internal team here has managed to find the in, in that recruiting and and uh, selection of employees managed to find the right people for the right job which is a big success success story here for a company's longevity so I, w- I want to talk a little bit more about that in a minute, but I do want to I do want to congratulate you uh, first, foremost, I think, on receiving a second 
National Top Workplace Award. So if you tell us a little bit about what that what that represents and what the award covers, uh, I think our listeners might enjoy that. Sure. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're really thrilled that, um, you know, for 2023, uh, we were able we were able to secure two top workplace awards, the first being uh, a national top workplace award for for our business. Uh, and, and Top Workplaces um, is a company that that helps um, take uh, employee survey feedback, essentially, and and kind of rank companies based on on the feedback directly from employees. So this is it kind of makes you smile and it makes you you're even happier knowing that the feedback isn't from an executive team or a management team. It's, it's feedback directly from the employees at the company. Um, so it's it's you know, it's either good or bad. So, you know, you, you always uh, you know, are hopeful as you go into a survey cycle on the feedback and, and sort of the uh, experience that you provided employees during the year. Um, and, you know, for 2023, we, we came out with two awards. So the first being the national award that I just mentioned. Uh, the second for 2023 uh, is an industry specific national top workplace award um, for the healthcare industry. So we, we had yet to ever win for the healthcare demographic. And we placed in the 40s for mid-sized companies, which is really a, a, a heck of a placing for a company that is that is super growth oriented um, and, you know, you know, trying to manage change on the fly, so to speak. Um, but those two awards have been really um, a really great thing for us in, in a number of different ways. You know, we can we can showcase the company a little bit differently with those awards. Uh, it helps with recruitment, uh, which we can talk about in, in a second here. Um, but those those two awards are are really key for us, and we're you know we're looking forward to 2024, and and hopefully being able to secure an award in 2024 as well. Uh, in 22, we secured a national top workplace award for um, for just for the national side of things, which is great. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of different categories. There's regional rankings as well. Um, but the the top workplace company. Uh, they partner with our survey vendors, so that that's sort of the connection between our survey vendor and the, the company, uh, you know, top workplace that actually uh, hands out these awards to different companies. Um, and and there's a whole slew of different category categories that are out there, um, but that's that's generally how that works. And we're just we're just really excited that we were able to uh, secure those awards and, and kind of go through 2023. And we're we're super hopeful that we can uh, secure another award in 24, maybe multiple awards. Sean, it sounds like uh, to me that is that is extremely difficult uh, task to accomplish when you have the growth that MROs had over the past several years, as we just talked about, and able to bring on, train, recruit, and retain employees over this time period. And at the same time, have those have the high uh, degree of employee satisfaction along with that growth is is very difficult and almost unheard of. So congratulations! I'll I'll just say that one more time to you and your staff and MRO for having accomplished that. It's a big accomplishment. Yeah, th- thanks. I, I do appreciate that, Don. So, you know, on the show, Sean, we talk about the uses and influences surrounding the medical record itself, but were it not for the success of a robust 
HR program, a company, any company's success may be more limited. But a, a major factor in, in growing the company is often overlooked, and that's the long-term stability of the staff. So I, I want to focus a little bit, going back to our previous discussion, I want to focus a little bit on the on your perspective of the success of your program. Uh, it's obvious that it starts with recruiting and the employee selection. And then, of course, you build upon that with your training uh, program once the people are, are hired and developing a culture that leads to employee satisfaction. So I, I want to unpack that a little bit. And from your perspective, how have you orchestrated the selection process of, re, uh, of recruiting the right people for this environment and this environment meaning quite honestly it's different than it was before covid that environment was all primarily location driven now those employees can be remote and anywhere in the country so how has that changed your re recruiting and your success in having the right people in the right jobs yeah, it's great, great question, and I guess it kind of underpins a lot of the success we have ha, have had. I agree with you there. Uh, I'll, I'll probably answer the COVID question at the end after we may, maybe get through the, sort of the employee selection, maybe training, retention uh, topics that I think are important to cover, uh, because COVID was certainly you know super impactful to, to every company out there, and I can at least talk a little bit about my view on on how COVID impacted um, MRO. Uh, but yeah, the employee—I guess the employee selection process and the recruitment process. Uh, as I mentioned before, when I when I got to the company, we we didn't have a formal recruitment process in a sense that it was in-house. We we farmed out a lot of the uh, placement, and that's for all roles. We were we were doing that for hourly and salaried individuals, you know, professional level, um, sort of frontline workforce level. And um, as I mentioned before as well, you know, we we brought in just a, a tremendous. Uh, uh, recruitment director, um, and she's she's went out and built a great workflow and and a great team, uh, which is which has really been uh, key. And and part of it is she she her and her team partnered with our departments to try to understand exactly what are the what are the best needs uh, for those departments, whether it be operations or finance or technology. Uh, and then the landscape's changed, right, with our with our tech needs, right, the different type of employees and tech that we need. Um, the management staff and operations has evolved, uh, and even the frontline staff requires uh, a little bit of a different skill set because our workflows have changed. So um, really, it's been kind of the secret to a lot of our success and um, kind of proud that our team has just uh, really been really like a machine in, in operating operating on the recruitment side to help the business, uh, you know, uh, grow and, and, and sort of sustain the success over the years. So I, I would agree that, you know, employee selection uh, is a good foundation to, 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 uh, to building any business. Um, and there's, you know, things that you, that you look for when you're, when you're come, uh, go, going, going through resumes and combing through candidates. And, you know, there's things that we look for, stability, uh, in a role, obviously, industry experience is key. Um, you know, we work in a certain niche in the healthcare world, and to to find folks who have done 
work similar uh, in release of information and clinical data exchange is, is definitely uh, something that we that we look at and 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 we're, we're favorable with folks that have some exposure there. Uh, but it goes back to really the the high level process of um, how we source folks, whether it's internally with uh, with our team, whether we need to sometimes partner with an outside firm. We we drive it all back through our department, and then we we really try to have that all lead to not only the hire process, but uh, a really good onboarding process. And and that that that's kind of step two, right behind the the selection of of the right people with the right skill set, it's kind of leading into, well, what's their experience going to be, you know, through that onboarding side? So, um, I, I know when you're starting to look at onboarding, there's multiple facets of, uh, of onboarding. Training is one of those major uh, components of getting a, of a successful onboarding process. So, tell me a little bit about your training program, what your expectations are, and how long, and I know it depends a little bit on on the individual's background and what that role is or position in the facility or company is, but tell me a little bit about your training program um, and how much effort goes into that program and how long you anticipate uh, a person to be in, quote, a training role before they're uh, really ingrained into their new position. Yeah, no, that's a it's a good question. I, I think onboarding is a for, is a form of trading, right? You're you're learning um, sort of the nuances of the business, and then you're kind of part two is sort of formal training that that goes into being successful in your job. Um, you know, I view the onboarding piece as you know you're learning, and there, there's some some training embedded there, um, but the experience of how you're treated as an employee coming in, that's that's super important. And um, we've done a, a good job, I think, of building over the years from kind of a non-existent onboarding program to to building more of a formal onboarding program. Sometimes we'll, we'll talk amongst ourselves and say, is it kind of too much for somebody new in the first, let's say, three, four, five weeks? Because we try to really expose uh, folks uh, in, in some of our roles to many different departments, uh, and and you know I'm being general here. There's obviously uh, employees that un- need to understand the ROI workflow in their in their uh, frontline job, but then there's also uh, you know managers who are coming on board or new executives that have to understand how the departments and workflows in each of those departments connect with each other. So onboarding, I think, is is super important when when you think about um, exposure to the business. Uh, but then also just giving somebody kind of a, a, a nice landing uh, spot or I guess maybe a nice ramp up into what their job's going to be uh, by making them feel welcome, uh, making them feel like we're, we're doing everything we can to, to uh, provide the information on our business. You know, who, who, who are the key people to talk to in their roles? And, and you could kind of go in a number of different directions from, from that comment there. The, tra- the, training, uh, the training scenario um, you know, what we've done over the years, Don, is that we've had to lean on, number one, you know, sort of a learning management uh, system, a, a large a large learning management system. So we have a, a pretty powerful platform uh, where we can, you know, provide a custom and, and, uh, and other uh, sort of formal trainings through our learning management system um, to both, you know, to both professional and frontline staff uh, alike. And, um, we, we've, we've really tried to add content to that learning management platform over the years uh, to provide those experiences. Um, there's, there's really just, you know, when you, look, when you look at the library of different content for 
uh, general and then even specific training to, to, to people's roles. Uh, it's kind of amazing how much content has gotten uh, added to, to that LMS platform over the years. But, you know, it, to answer your question specifically as far as how, how long would it take for a new staff member, no matter what role, I guess, to be proficient, um, I guess the answer would be depending on the nuance of the role. We have some pretty technical roles that, that do take time, uh, and we, we, we need to provide uh, sufficient uh, training, training time for folks to uh, not just get comfortable, but under, understand that the things that they're doing uh, and, the, and the, the changes that they may make or, or, or the decisions that they may make on the job, you know, how will that impact um, how will that impact the business? So um, for, for some of our roles, you can be up and running and proficient in four or five weeks. Uh, other roles could take, you know, five, six months to kind of really become comfortable and proficient in the role. But, you know, you can always, my view is you can always be better. We can always not, it's not just content, but provide uh, more customization, um, more, more specific, call it a syllabi that, that kind of speak to each individual's role. So I think that's always in a constant state of evolution. Um, I, don't, I don't think I'll ever be fully comfortable on saying our, our training is fully baked and complete. Um, I think that that's one area that that will always continue to evolve. And and it's also with kind of the, the first point of onboarding, you really don't want to take your eye off the ball uh, with the onboarding process because we built something that works and that's good. But you know, you su- as soon as you sort of take your eye off that and say, well, maybe we don't need to ha- um, have these individuals have these conversations with different stakeholders in the business, that's where things start to slip. So we try to stay vigilant and and keep keep sort of a, a top prioritization of onboarding and training. And, and I think we'll do that going forward. You know, to have a high degree of, of employee satisfaction, it sounds like that that's a key element um, as as we're uh, having this discussion here that contributes um, in that training process contributes both to that satisfaction level where people are satisfied because they're comfortable in their role because you've invested, you've made a significant investment in getting them to the point that they are proficient. And I, I think that, you know, that sounds like a part of that MRO culture that develops those individuals within the organization for long-term retention. And I'll I'll ask a little bit about your long-term retention. I I know you have very long-standing employees because of the satisfaction level. Is that one of the biggest things that you see in your program overall that leads to retention is your training, uh, is your training program? Yeah, I, I think that's part of it. I think, you know, when, when, when we're thinking about formal training, like I outlined uh, a few minutes ago, uh, that is definitely part of that. And we want to provide that experience to, to folks. And, you know, you, you think about MRO's growth and you, you think about sort of the legacy, longstanding legacy employees and then a whole lot of new employees in a, in a relatively quick period of time. If you look at if you look at that in kind of a yearly snapshot or even a broader snapshot of let's say eight or nine years during my tenure here, you have again kind of a building of staff and you know people become legacy employees after after a period of time. But really, you know, what we we've always tried to um, at least for tra- the training piece, as I mentioned earlier, it's a commitment from our, our management group. Um, from our executive team to set to set dollars aside to 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 invest in 
in uh, soft learning management software, and then also um, kind of an investment in the staff that helps create content. Um, and I, and I, I know going forward into 24, that's, that is still absolutely the case that we're, we're, we're even going to be putting more um, attention and, and focus uh, and, and even with our budget into, you know, uh, making sure that we have the right resources and the right uh, software to, to support the business. But I think retention going to your second or your, I guess your first point, retention is a little bit more of a gray area. I mean, training, sure, that's the ongoing training. That's great. But retention to me is a product of good hiring in the management on the management side. Right. So if you make those right choices um, on the management side, when, when you're going through a, a search process, whether it's a manager, director, vice president, you know, what, whatever leadership role, supervisor level, retention really is a product of, you know, how, how leaders uh, treat their, their departments and staffs, the culture that they create uh, within their departments and staffs. Uh, they're all a little bit different. You know, there's not one sort of off the shelf boilerplate culture that each department is sort of mandated to unroll. That's not how this works. It really works where every every good leader has a little bit of a different management style and leadership style. And the ones that are are really successful and let's call it good in, in, in this conversation um, you know, uh, set up is that those you'll see solid retention numbers uh, because you have the right leader in place. They know how to communicate transparently with their staff members, whether that's a director communicating with a manager and then a manager communicating with 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 their frontline staff, uh, you know, transparent communication as best you can. I mean, obviously, there's certain things that you you can expose to, to different levels of the organization, but transparent communication about changes within the work environment. Uh, what's you know, what's changing with somebody's individual job? Um, you know, the why behind things, you know, why are things changing? The most effective leaders do that well, and that leads to really solid retention. Um, and that's something that that MRO has done a good job with over the years. And, you know, if, if leaders that 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 don't usually do that well at MRO, they usually don't hang around too long. And a lot of times it's not it's not an MRO decision. They know that they may not, not fit in this culture and they'll step away. So um, that that I think, you know, you could tie that back to a top workplace perspective, right, that um, the employees do, who are answering these these questions that that the uh, employee surveys kick out. Which which feed top workplaces. They're they're the ones saying that yeah I, I feel like I have a good experience. Part of that is my manager and part of that is my leader. So um, are we perfect? No, of course not. I mean every, every every company and every and there's departments within every company that that could could do things a little bit differently. But really the biggest challenge I think in retaining staff is if is 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 trying to keep those good leaders in 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 house because. Usually, someone who's a good leader with a good reputation, a good background, they they they're sought after, and, and other other firms could, you know, can and will try to 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 poach our talent in, in our in our leadership levels, uh, and and you know what we try to do is is keep them in house so so they can provide good experiences to 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 the employees that they serve. So uh, that's probably the biggest challenge right now. Um, you know, making sure we keep keep our our leaders uh, feeling good about the the way we're running our business. You know the, the workflows that obviously are, are are in front of them are important to manage, but uh, it's that culture, really the, the the unique individual culture of each department that's that's been cultivated, and it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes it takes years to kind of cultivate the right mix and the right culture. That leads to good solid retention, and and that's something I think we do do a good job uh, with right now. How, how did that how did that leadership role uh, change, Sean, with COVID? Because 
it, prior to COVID, most of the employees were in office locations where you had a had a confined environment. Today, that leadership role is managing people, you know, from home. And it's still that way today, not just during COVID, but that has transitioned over to, you know, more remote workforce now. How has that, how have your leaders changed in that environment? Sure. So, so our leaders had to adapt and, and, and that's something that um, probably, again, is common across different uh, businesses and different, even different industries. But specifically for us, yeah, we, we, we had to adapt quickly to say, hey, we had a group of employees uh, located at a certain uh, hospital location that were all all together. You know, you had 10 or 15 or 20 people. Sometimes there's smaller groups that were working together. Uh, there was more face-to-face contact, and all of a sudden everything pivoted back uh, back home or for the first time back home. Um, and there was a big unknown, right? Is there going to be a return to office or return to sort of hospital role, uh, you know, frontline, on-site role, or is it, or is it going to stay the same? And what we found is that it's, there, there's been some return uh, you know, to, to, to the on-site work, but by and large, uh, a lot of our clients are comfortable with our employees working from home. And, and that, that actually happens here, here on the corporate level as well, where um, we, we allow a work from home um, set up and it's worked super well for us. But there was a transition period. Uh, some, t- some managers just weren't accustomed because they'd never had to go through the you know, a pandemic situation before how to manage their teams remotely. I think one of the things that has, that has helped is clearly the technology that's out there. You know, we, we were using, you know, one platform and now we're on a new kind of unified enterprise, you know, platform internally. That That's really helped us stay connected. Um, and it's it's kind of a good thing that that, that those technologies existed when, when COVID and the pandemic first hit because it really allowed us to be successful and allow our clients to feel like like they were getting a good experience, even though our, our employees had a pivot and all of a sudden uh, do the work that they were doing for years and years and years on site at home. And that that's that goes for folks that were at uh, hospital locations, but also for uh, our, our, our groups that were at our headquarters, you know, in our technology, finance, accounting, HR, marketing uh, departments, to name a few, including some operational departments here in, in, in our headquarters. Uh, it really um, it really kind of goes back to. A lot of good, strong technology is one thing, but it goes back to a lot of strong communication between sort of our our, our leaders in operations, our leaders in tech, having a lot of constant contact. And, and there's some trial and error, what works and what doesn't work. Um, but what we found is that um, being able to get in a good cadence of communication with your teams, um, that's that's sort of carried a lot of weight for us because uh, those those open communication lines and, and, and a lot of support from the rest of the business to, to make sure that the people working from home were, were effective, that that got us through. And I, I really think that, that that served us well over the, the time period when everything was sort of in that COVID, COVID phase at that point. I think the, the, good, the good news out of all of that is that all of our clients uh, and most of the businesses around the country um, that weren't, that are not retail based, are, were faced with the exact same problem and experiencing the, the exact same situation today. You know, just more remote workforce uh, than it's ever had in, in any of the industries. So I think that's been a common thread among all of us that we've all had to adopt. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, no, I, I would agree with that, Don. And, 
you know, there's, I guess, uh, there's some small silver linings with the, with the pandemic where I think we've all understood, we all, we all understand now that you can be effective working remotely and not together uh, because you have the right uh, technology. Uh, you know, you, you do lose some of that face-to-face contact and, and that's still a challenge for us. You know, what, what is the right mix of, of sort of remote and in office? Uh, you know, we currently have a remote set up by and large, and we have some we have some office presence in our in our headquarters locations, but uh, obviously not as as large as as we we had before the uh, the pandemic. But um, it's provided. I think it's the, the remote environment has just provided some more flexibility for some of our workers. Uh, less you know less commute time, less of a grind in, in in the front and back end of the day trying to get to and from work. You know, but there's also that balance of you know, having people be able to connect face to face. You have a lot of folks who have graduated from college, you know, new to the workforce that that haven't had the experience yet to to go work, um, you know, three, four, five days a week face to face with their with their coworkers. That that a lot of us who had been out in the in the work world already got to experience. So it's 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 tricky. There's 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 always kind of another side to the coin there. Um, but I th- I think to your point about our clients feeling that we've we've done our best to provide, you know, a good experience uh, to them, uh, considering the the, the uh, sort of crazy nature of events going back to early 2020. I, I think we've, we've done a, an overall solid job there. I, I agree. Uh, Sean, I, I want to thank you for uh, joining the show. This is very helpful and insightful. So thank you so much for uh, being on the show today. Sure. No, it was my pleasure. I've enjoyed the conversation and uh, if you'll have me back again down the line, I'll be happy to join. Hey, you got to go win some more awards, buddy. That would be great. <laughs> um, so for more insight on a patient's medical record through the health ecosystem, visit our show's page at MROCORP.com, where you'll find more career opportunities and can explore additional resources and thought leadership. You can also check out our program page on health carenowradio.com. Finally, be sure to connect with us on Twitter at M-R-O-C-O-R-P. Until we talk again, I'm your host, Don Hardwick.